Fable on Letting Go by Rachel Naomi Remen. For many years, I tried to persuade my father to buy a new living room couch. Year after year, the old green couch grew shabbier and shabbier. Finally, it was no longer safe to sit on. Embarrassed, I told my dad that I had ordered a new couch from Macy's by phone. I was sending a photograph of it for their approval. If they liked it, it would be delivered on Friday. They loved it. On Saturday, I called. How did it look? Shamefacedly, my father told me he had canceled the order. It turned out that he didn't know what to do with the old couch. I suggested calling Macy's and telling them to take it away. He told me that they did not do that in New York. Then how about the Salvation Army? Apparently, they only took away the things they could still sell. Who would want our old couch? With a sinking heart, I suggested looking in the yellow pages for someone who does hauling. But Dad didn't want a stranger to know how to get into his house. Finally, I was silenced. My father, unaccustomed to letting go of anything, could not find his way to accepting my gift. Several years later in the night, the old couch collapsed in on itself. It stood in the living room that way until my father died and I brought my mother to live with me in California. So between second grade and sixth grade, I was in the same class as a girl named Kelly. And there's so many things I could say about Kelly, bits and pieces that I picked up over the years about her life, her home, the intricacies of who was in our class at which time, and who was friends with who, and how the social dynamics played out. But the most important thing to know about Kelly was that she was a bully, plain and simple, and that she picked me for those years as her target. She made fun of me ruthlessly. She mocked my hair, my clothes, my good grades. She played tug of war with my best friend, Maria, trying to get Maria to abandon her friendship with me. She sent me home in tears regularly. She had this perfectly refined way of looking at me with utter contempt, a sneer that I knew to watch out for that often preceded unkind words. Kelly and I, over the years, had many uncomfortable, squirming-in-your-chair visits to the guidance counselor together, conversations with our teachers, phone calls with the principal, coaching from my parents to ignore her, which is always easier said than done, reprieves that lasted a few months and then would pick up again. And in the end, this was resolved in our paths, when our paths separated when she was held back at the end of sixth grade at which point I breathed a huge sigh of relief, and I switched schools shortly after that. I don't think we ever saw each other in person after that last day of sixth grade, and honestly, after she left my life, I rarely thought about her. I just moved on, or so I thought. So fast forward until last year, when I made a comment online about a Black Lives Matter protest that my friend Maria, who is now a very distant Facebook friend, had posted. 
her post was critiquing the Black Lives Matter protest, and I, I pushed back on her critique saying, well, well, couldn't you see it this other way? And here's some ideas that I've thought about that has kind of shifted my thinking. But she felt held firm in her position, which was all fine and friendly and respectful as we shared our differ differing views. And although I thought Maria was wrong, my emotions were in check until I noticed one thing. In the bottom corner of her comment, was a little thumbs up signal with Kelly's name hovering over it. The very same Kelly had liked Maria's comment, the one in which Maria had disagreed with my exceedingly eloquent and valid point. And anger, no, rage, rage boiled up inside of me, a string of external expletives, internal expletives let loose in my mind as I thought about somebody I hadn't seen in nearly two decades. Wow. Where did that come from, Heather? I had no idea all of those feelings were still there until they surprised me one day on Facebook. It wasn't though, as though I had gone looking for her or had been thinking about how terribly she had treated me when we were children, yet here was her name in front of me bringing up a boiling rage and nothing but unfiltered, pure ill wishes toward her, just as I looked at her little name and picture. I have heard it said, and perhaps you have as well, that holding on to a grudge is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Ugh, it is so true. She never cared about my anger when we were children, and she sure didn't care about my anger now as adults, let alone know about it. My anger toward Kelly, entirely justified as it is and as I felt it was, was only causing me to have that unpleasant, self-righteous, tense-muscled agitation that was distracting me from the being present in my life and being present to the things I cared about. I ran through in my head all the things I wish I could say to her about how she had treated me, how I hoped for some cosmic justice for her that challenges my universalist theology. But in the end, my anger toward her just made me feel worse. She never knew about it. Ah, letting go. Whether it's letting go of things like Rachel Naomi Remen's father's couch, or whether it's letting go of anger and resentment, letting go can free us from the weight that is sometimes holding us down. And I realized that I was holding a burden that was only weighing me down and no one else, like that sack of potatoes. My anger wasn't keeping a boundary between us. I don't believe I'll ever see her again. I haven't seen her in 20 years. My anger wasn't meeting out justice or making her feel sorry or remorseful for how she had treated me. It was just me and my grudge, alone at a computer screen. Just me and my grudge, hanging out. Forgiveness is not about accepting what, was, what has happened or saying that what someone did is okay. Because oftentimes, things that we hold anger and grudges for were not okay. Forgiveness also doesn't mean that you can't take action, like giving space between you and another person. Forgiveness is instead the decision that you, you are not going to carry the emotional weight of that grudge. It's a gift to yourself, to no one else but yourself, to lighten the burden that you carry. 
It's not for the person who has hurt you. They don't even need to be involved or to, to, to have asked for an apology because that's reconciliation, which is a whole other sermon entirely. Some of forgiveness is understanding the impact of what happened. Some of it is cultivating compassion for both yourself and the wrongdoer, remembering that not, compassion is not the same as condoning. And some of it is deciding again and again when the grudge comes up, because it's a practice, right? A spiritual practice, we don't do it once. That you are choosing to let go of it for the sake of your own soul. And when I look back at those four years I spent in the same class as Kelly, beyond that emotional reaction I had on Facebook, I experienced more empathy for me and for Kelly as children, trying to handle complex social dynamics and I also look back and I, I see the adults who had some of the responsibility as well, who could have intervened more effectively. And I also understand that they might not have been aware of the full extent of what was going on, of the dynamics. And when I go through all of these things and I decide to let go, I feel my body relax a tiny bit, saying to myself, it was what it was. It doesn't have to be anymore. It isn't anymore. Letting go is only for you. You can be free. So in a few moments, I will invite us into a ritual of bur burning grudges as we enter a new year. And as we pause at the precipice of another year, another year of experiences, regrets, hurts, anger, tension, we can't undo what has happened in the past year, but we can choose which burdens we carry forward and how we carry them. We can choose to let go, to do that work, to let go of things that keep us from responding to our own lives in the ways that we intend to. It's important to be clear that you don't have to forgive people who have hurt you. You don't have to let go of grudges you aren't ready to let go of. This is an invitation to give a gift of releasing a burden that you carry. Give that gift only to yourself. And any part of you that you feel is ready to let go of your grudge, your hurt, your anger, it needs to be ultimately for you, not because you think you should or because somebody is asking you to. So to do this this morning, we will use burning as a symbol, the symbol of release and transformation from one state to another. As you entered the sanctuary, you should have gotten a piece of flash paper. Does everybody have one? Our ushers will come around if you don't have one. It looks like this. And on your piece of flash paper, I invite you to write something that you are letting go with 2017. It could be a word or a phrase. It could be a grudge, a resentment, some burden that is holding you down that you feel ready to let go of. And you can also do more than one. In a moment, I, I will invite you to rise and we'll sing Return Again in our hymnal. And after we've sung it through twice, I will invite each of you forward to light this paper. This is flash paper, which is also known as magician's paper. And it's extremely flammable, but also quite safe. So I'm going to show you, and you can decide whether you'd like me or Jessica to do this or whether you'd like to burn it for yourself. So you put it in, you, I would invite you to fold it up. It might be a little bit better. Another one. Fold it up into a small piece. And once it catches on fire, you just let go.
just let go. <laughs> it went in my sleeve, but I didn't feel it. Like I said, <laughs> it burns at a very low temperature and very, very quickly. So Jessica and I will be at the front if you'd like to give it to us to light, or you can do it yourself. So I'd invite you to rise in body or spirit and sing hymn number 10,011. It's in the teal hymnal. And once we've sung it through twice, we'll keep the music playing, and you can hum along. I invite you to come on up, light your flash paper, and return to your seat. As we turn toward a new year, a new beginning, may what weighs us down be lessened. May we release those things that are holding us back from living our fullest lives. May we look toward a new year with fresh eyes and fresh hearts, our burdens lessened, our futures more open and spacious. May it be so, and amen. <laughs>